It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Oh, look at that. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. I hope I got that boom in there because that's what it's about. Life is about a boom. And, uh, saying motherfucker and getting to say fuck so it's cool ain't nothing wrong with that ain't nothing wrong with that just like cornbread ain't nothing wrong with that so you guys might uh, someone might get that uh one day if you go back and so today is tuesday podcast number one of today and you know i'm I'm feeling good, and I got a special guest because my guests are special, and you should know that if you're listening. If it's your first time listening, you can go back and you can go special, 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 if you want. I don't care. You can do it. But I'm going to bring out my special guest for today because that's what I get to do because this is uh, the Public Access Podcast, and you're getting good hosts. So right here, right now, Jules Riddle, how you doing? Hello. Hello, Hello. everyone. I'm doing good. Good. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. It's, um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what uh, today's about? And so you're, are you in the, let's see, where, where are you? Are you in the UK? Is that what that I is? I am in the UK. In the UK. I'm, I'm somewhere called Leek in Staffordshire, which is, the area is called the Midlands, so right in the middle of England. Oh, okay, all right. That's so. Yeah, uh, but I, I heard us. I was talking to someone that was. I forgot where he was from, but he said it's not more than maybe a couple hours to the coast. Either way, is that? <laughs> yeah, we're only little over here. <laughs> and no not more than two hours from anywhere. <laughs> that's so, not a yeah. bad deal at all. And so let's see. So I guess I'm going to kind of get into this part first. So you have a book and it has a cool name that caught my eye and I couldn't, I was having trouble trying to recall what it was this morning. And then you told me, and I was like, okay, I remember that. And so uh, the name of your book, you tell it, I'll let you go for it. About (laughs) it. it's called The Fairy Godmother Mindfuck, How to Rewrite Your Life Story, Create Your Own Destiny, and Have a Happy Ever After. And I guess the whole thing, it's about there's no one coming to save you. There is no fairy godmother. That was one big lie told to us all as kids. You know, people sitting there waiting for it. It's like, uh-uh, you've got to do it yourself. you got to save yourself. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that title just came to me years ago, but I didn't write the book until just into my 50s. So I'm all about never too late to do anything. So what was what was the title? The title was there a time you said between that, between when you wrote it and you so you thought of this and then I had that title in my head for about five years and I just kept getting it and thinking no no yes that's fun but yeah and after all it's like okay okay i'll write the damn book and i trained by then i'd also trained as a, a coach and a hypnotherapist and had the background for it as well so it's not come out of total nowhere so did you know it was going to be a book that was that just uh I mean, could that have been something else that you were thinking with having think that title? I knew, was, I knew it was going to be a book. I didn't know how it was going to be a book. So, and then as I started writing and it came out, it's, 
using Cinderella. So I use all the characters in Cinderella. I love metaphors. I'll mix them and mash them, and but I get information, more information via a metaphor. So to use Cinderella and all the characters as part of us and sort of sides of our characters or part of our psyche and all the things and the way that we're to show how those characters are screwed up to show how we can be and right. how to get unscrewed so yeah that's book two <laughs> uh so i mean so i mean the the title you know captures captures your attention right away which is what i assume that you're wanting to do you know as hey like you're saying you know uh you know yeah, don't, it is you know don't no bit, one's coming it is for you in your face i know it's in your face but i can't do fluff you know i love a self-help book but so many of them are just all a bit fluffy for me or full of things it doesn't need to have I'm I mean I'm up front I've got ADHD and a little toe in the water of autism I need things delivered straight right. <laughs> and sometimes that may be you know the language may be straight but it means it's heartfelt and passionate but yeah. it means also that it's written that way there is some only the odd colorful language again only if i'm being passionate but it is to the point this is not a romanticized thing this is like come on you've got this you've, you you we all have we've got this we've got our own magic and everything we don't need any sit around waiting for either the fairy godmother or a prince so he's got his own issues who goes around <laughs> chasing after women that he wants to marry and he's danced with her for a couple of hours? It's like, what the hell? Yeah, who, who's right. this fucking guy? Little what's, bit what's, obsessive. what's wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> Something's not quite right. But, you know, yeah. who's, who's we do thinking it that? Ourselves. Try on your own slippers and things. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I mean, people. It's like so. Your book's like a, a not because I mean, Cliff's Notes wasn't really you know uh, to you know get right to the point of things. But I mean, with those, some of those books, it's not going to help anybody. Kind of sugarcoating. It might help some people, I guess, that need the sugarcoating to be able horses, to deal with it. Sometimes you know if if. You can have the same sort of message, but written in a many, many ways. That's brilliant because there's many, many of us out there, all different types. Some people will want the really softened version. Right. Whereas, I needed humor. I yeah. work better with humor. So there's humor in it and then obviously really serious stuff. Um, and at the end, and it shortens, short and sweet. How it's delivered is short and sweet. Again, that'll be my own issues with the ADHD and everything. That I need things, short bursts. Yeah, okay, I get that. And put in layman's terms, I always worked in layman's terms. So I used to work with doing youth work with kids, like kids on the streets and things. So the real hardcore ones that didn't want to go anywhere. And you have to work with them in sh short bursts but to deliver important messages in their sort of way so how to change or to say this right the, i can see the irony of stumbling over how to say <laughs> how to deliver things really clearly and she stumbles oh. to change it into layman speak i always struggle with I want to say big words, not that simple, but you know, the real um, industry speak, and they have all the big, garbly ways of saying things. It's like, oh, just talk to me so I get it. I'm not stupid, I'm quite intelligent. 
but I need it said my way. And I've always done that. It's worked with kids brilliantly and young people. I also used to be in the arts and have an arts business. And I used to take people to art galleries and explain art without the pretentiousness. And just say, (laughs) no, this is it. And I used to love that job because so many people were like, oh, my God, I get it. I thought that was absolute, like, shit. But I get the reason now. So, It's supposed to look like shit. It's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean... So you're taking people on. So, I mean, would you, okay, so you, would you go on a tour and go to a museum of some sort or a gallery and go, okay, yeah, this one, this is what they're trying to say. Uh, this one, bullshit. Uh, I don't know what, 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 you know, what they're thinking. Do you know what they're fucking thinking? Was anything like that or were you still? Yeah, things, I mean, a really obvious one, someone like Picasso and they see some of his latest stuff and they're like, what the hell, you know, some of it, I could draw that or it just doesn't make sense. That's madness. Yeah. Why? And then you talk them through, like, this is a guy that by the age of 15, 16, all the arts professionals and teachers had nothing more to teach him. He was that good. He nailed it. So he was safe enough to just explore whatever the hell he wanted. And when people say, oh, yeah, but it just looks like, you know, kids done it or something. I could do that. It's like, But no one had painted like that before. So now you go off and paint a picture in a way that no one's ever done. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. And plus it was all about how he was feeling. He was, his paintings are like a diary. So where some of those, like the women that he drew were really jaggedy, he was pissed with women at that point. And some of the pictures are all round and all the boobs and bosoms and around. He was, had got a new mistress then. So once you, get the language of what he's saying it's like ah fair enough it's not just random shit all over uh that has no meaning and i mean yeah so i i've had some experience with art galleries and i mean it would be nice because yeah half the time it's having someone put it into words that i would understand um not yeah not the industry talk of but then art is so interesting with some parts with like with value and um and stuff like that where so i mean you can have an art piece you can have it be kind of whatever you want you could have someone put it up on an auction and have that auction go for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and then put that money back into their uh you know be able to funnel it through something art art was like art dealing was some interesting stuff of how much uh money money inflation money laundering all kinds of money stuff oh, in it's there. still massive for money laundering yes but i mean art is a really weird industry in that they're really up their own butts Mm -hmm. with all their pretentiousness but also they decide the insiders and the galleries decide on those prices and who's hot who's not and all of that so you can go into art like that as a collector and or to launder your money or whatever yeah and then Kind of the rest of us, us norms are like, we feel we're outside of it and that it's not for us. And it, it is for us. It's for everyone. So to go around and, and look at art without thinking about all the money, take that bit away. Like I don't about here, you had them over here in the, was it the eighties? So I'm trying to think of when it was Tate Modern one of our London's, I think, the biggest, most popular gallery, there was on the floor 
a load of bricks. They were put together really nicely, so a very perfect rectangle, and but it was bricks. And oh my God, the uproar about it, all the papers were full of it and this and the price that the gallery had paid for it and all of that and it's like so that was all that people talked about it's like it's a pile of bricks why would you pay like 50 grand for a pile of bricks and all of this so yeah I remember talking to people about that it's like the money side is another group of people ignore them but have you ever bothered to stop and actually look at a brick and just for the pure aesthetics the colors the textures everything so ignore the money and just go do you know what I've never stopped to look and they're everywhere they're all around me and part of my world and yet to isolate them and say no yeah. look again and go oh yeah but yeah that money size is ridiculous yeah, and so I mean, yeah, being able to look at, and like you were saying too, um, with they were the first person to do it. I mean, they're doing some like you know, someone else say, yeah, I can put down bricks, but you know, you weren't first, so you you didn't yeah. think of that idea, or you know, someone who, uh, you know, really easy to think those, you know, uh, the just like a few squares, or you know, looks like just a few squares on a piece of fabric uh on on you know uh, hung up on there and it looks like nothing but then you weren't the first one to do it someone else did that you you know you have to and i mean a million people can copy it sure but they're not getting the first they're not being the first person to do it there's so many things you have to be the first even if it's not going to be the best um I mean, being the pioneer of kind of anything, you got to set the ground rules I and know, then people can is change it. So cool to have in all areas of life, anyone that is a pioneer is, yeah, just absolutely brilliant to be able to come away from the group thinking. Because obviously as a, a coach and everything that we learn all that and why I mean it's in the book too why safe is good because you want the tribe to accept you so staying with the tribe and doing whatever the tribe thinks so to go out of that and do something completely different whether you're painting drawing or just saying look at that brick no actually stop and look at it and risk the ridicule because there is always going to be ridicule so whatever you do to step out of your comfort zone or other people's, even if you stayed safe, people will be taking the mickey. Do you have that expression? Uh, no. Thought, have I gone all British taking the mickey? Uh, not, not that I know of. But so what? What is that? It's um, ridiculing. Okay. Right. It's probably a bit of slang. Oh, shall I teach you some slang? I mean, why the not? The phrase yeah. is called taking the piss. And it's you're ridiculing someone. But it actually comes from, oh, wow, this is going off on a tangent. Well, it comes yes, from the, the middle age, in the Middle Ages when they, people who dyed um, fabric and wool, to set the dye, it would be soaked in urine oh. we didn't have inside toilets in the middle ages yeah. 1500s and whatever people would have buckets and everything and the dyers would come and collect the piss they'd take the piss but they were taking it to dye fabric and things but it wasn't the best fabulous job <laughs> come around and somehow that to take the piss came to be ridiculed hey look you're getting some weird uk history yeah that's what i have to stop and yeah. think it just occurred to me that you may not have that expression but uh, no no i they i don't have a tech fund now i do education now I, yeah now i can <laughs> talk about you know being able to have ones like that being able to have so, uh, yeah. take the piss 
So I mean, somehow taking the Michael was adapted for people that didn't want to say the word. Hey, back in the Middle Ages, words like piss were just normal everyday language. They were not a swear. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I guess, well, I guess now maybe, maybe sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> on here it doesn't matter. Uh, you, can, you can say whatever you want on here. And so, I mean, have you, like, okay, so you were writing a book, but so were you into art? Were you doing art before as well? Is that something you ever went down that avenue or are you more into the oh. aspect of just showing people? Your perspective no, on I've um, I was a professional portrait artist and a community artist, so I'd go and work with groups or do public art and that. At school, the thing I was best at was art. So at school, they're like, "Go do art. We can see you're good at that." So I'm like, "Okay." Nobody thought to say. Hey, do you want to do that for an actual job? Because I'd have gone, no, I like art, but I don't know about it as a job. But I followed through what everybody told me to do. So I went to art college and became an artist, did those things. But actually, after many years, I was like, do you know what? I love art. I need create, but it's creativity that I love. I need yeah. that in my life. So I started to drift and do the talking about it and sharing it but the actual painting I now only do for pleasure because yeah I don't know why I didn't like doing it professionally I guess doing portraits to me it was just copying it wasn't creative I was copying what was in front of me so what would you do that would be a creative piece like something that would, would be something that was more abstract or something that, you know, you're coming up with or, you know. I like colour. So I'd probably still do the odd portrait and things, but not probably how how I assume people want them. So I use colour and just fascinates my brain. Again, yeah. here's the old neurodiverse brain coming out. I just like, ooh, dopamine hits with glass of colours. I can see on your wall, I'm like, ooh, I love the colours. That's so why I have them. I don't do natural skin tones and everything. People are often bright yellow with pink hair and everything. So that pleases me. The odd person did like that and want to buy that, and I could have probably pushed it. But there was something about the actual arts industry that I'm like, it does not work I, for me. I understand so, that one. I yeah, I saw it pretty uh, not you know in depth enough for at least a couple of years, and it was like, ah, okay, yeah. I'm I'm good. Like, and you know, I think you can take away from the spontaneous nature of some of the art too and um i mean galleries are neat but i mean there's some stuff that yeah you said if you're drawing someone so if you drew someone or do you did you paint or what, what was your or crayons or what was your i would either do graphite drawing or paint acrylics i like a huge big canvas there's something very liberating about splattering it all on big did you ever fuck with anyone a little bit when you do the portraits did you ever kind of give them something like that they maybe like change change their nose a little bit or like give them some sort of uh interesting feature or like really <laughs> pronounce some feature about no. them no they had at least I didn't think so. I painted what I could see. I think, again, the neurodiverse brain comes in here because if it altered, that was wrong. <laughs> to me, it was wrong. So yeah. weirdly, them having a yellow face and pink hair wasn't wrong. But if the line or the shape wasn't, wasn't right, then like, yeah, that doesn't compute. 
Sure. <laughs> so I, I, guess, I get yeah. really, really fussy when I'm I'm buying either art or you know art for the wall or a little statuette or anything like that, a model. If it's not completely correct, I get so angsty. It's like, especially in drawings, it's like no one's arm can do that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, make it bright yellow or pink. It's like yeah, I don't see a problem with that. That's so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so with that though, okay, so this is this is a kind of hard one. I've been talking with a lot of people who do, you know, all kinds of different art. Is where it sounds you do as well, um, and I do as well. And where are you with uh, AI generation of? art and how how much I mean how much does it affect you and how it doesn't it's a huge question because it everything's context it's like it's fun it's probably fun to do and people that can't can't draw I don't like that term I paused then because I, I feel everyone could be taught to draw some people do have the natural ability but I'm very much like you can be taught it like okay you can't speak French right now I can teach you I can teach you to draw but ignoring that bit I might take you some up on people that. are very much like no I can only draw a stick so AI I'm fine with because it helps people create. So in that bit, brilliant. Love it. To anything that will help someone and they will feel creative. So it will now depend on your questioning, whether you mean where it comes into the commercial side of it, the whole um, intellectual property side of it, and there's a whole range of stuff that is like, oh, that needs sorting. The trouble is with anything that comes along like this, technical-wise, is it comes quick. And it comes quicker than all of the, wait a minute, what either legalities or what are all the moral issues around this? It comes in quicker than that. Yeah. And, and I people mean, need to have a think about that. But as a source, a way of helping people to just be creative, brilliant. I mean, to me, it's very obvious at the minute. The bit that not, I think it both scares me and excites me is AI in the film industry and in advertising and all things like that. Very Because we can still spot it at the minute there's just something in our heads where we look and say it's not quite real yeah that's gonna go real quick and we will not know what's real and what's not then things get scary and exciting i mean can you imagine what you can create as a film but it's also really scary what ai yeah, this is a whole massive chat anyway, isn't it? AI in general, it's like if someone as awesome as Stephen Hawkins was like, we should not be going here. It's like, whoa, what was he scared of? Right. I want to know if he says no, what am I not understanding? And if we're getting it now, who, whomever higher than us has had it for you know probably a decade at least of you know being able to you know understand what's going on with it and um you know learning from it and uh it teaching us uh in a way mm. how to how to work with it and i think with the art or you know with music you know being able to um you know make, make music like have I want a song that's going to be this tempo. I want it to sound like it's a mixture of this artist and this artist, but in this sort of style. 
make it about three minutes long. And then a minute later, you have a song that would, you know, take take someone, you know, however long, maybe maybe a day, maybe maybe a month. Um, but then also, I, you know, like what you were saying, like there's someone who, you know, has no musical talent or you were saying like you could teach them but there's you know there's a learning curve and to be able to they can hear and see something in their head like with art too um with drawing or uh painting or anything of that nature you see in their head but don't know how to put that into your hand and into your arm and into your tool of sorts to get it onto the paper but wouldn't it be cool if there was some way that i could do that i wish i could do this but i just i don't yeah. know how and i mean and i mean yeah with writing too and like writing anything writing books writing screenplays writing plays writing uh short stories writing kids stories uh writing blogs writing uh writing hypnosis scripts um i mean mm -hmm. can just fly right through all that stuff and and then i'm like okay i'm like i don't know about this then too like what how much of it like should we be putting in like how much should should it be helping us and does it really matter then if if it's all all them or only a little yeah. bit them and ai with writing is a whole again when you, you can have this where it just writes for you apparently but you can still read it and go yeah that's not a human but that won't last long yep but the trouble is you can't uninvent these things it's happened yeah. and it's like we've not just got to think about that how are we dealing with it with the art and everything, and writing's creative as well. Somehow, I don't know how. Do you still feel creative if an AI has written something? I'd feel creative if I was using it for imagery. But so I am yeah. all in favor of just helping people feel that creative buzz, the joy of creating. But it's the Which, whole other side of it, yeah, the business side, the the manipulation side, because we're all being manipulated, and that's just going to get so worse. Yeah, we're not going to be able to tell anything. It's, yeah, no. what what can you believe? And I think that's, I think that's sort of been what the the whole, you know, end game for a lot of things is like, what can you believe? Mm yeah Who knows? so the dark side of it is ai when it becomes involved in politics and all of that is like oh we're screwed so yeah, I, we need to be teaching how to think for ourselves again in that bizarre situation yeah or you know how to uh you know how to better yourself because uh no one else is gonna do it for you Yes, oh, uh, nicely done there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> so I mean, so when when you were with that, I mean, was it? And then I also like asking this question. So when you thought it up, you had the title. Did you start taking notes? Did you write an outline, or did you just start writing it? I started by what I wanted to say. What was my message? Yeah. I, and it would be the same with, I guess, my coaching, everything. You'd go, where am I starting? Where do I want that reader to be at the end of it? And then I had, because I just did this in my um, dining room on the table, and I, I just, I happen to have, as you do in the loft, a, um, it was a display unit, but it was like for um, shows and things. 
but it was like a foldable, massive foldable panels that I made this little cave. <laughs> so because I'm easily distracted, so I needed this cave. Sure. And it was covered in sticky notes with which I'd put like the beginning and the end and then work out how I was going to deliver this. Because it's so different with a um, a non-fiction book to a fiction book. So I need to have very easy to follow paths because it's utterly pointless if people don't know what the hell I'm on about. <laughs> and also that I don't show them how to do something i need them to understand the concept and then show them how to work with it because i'm full of like the brain is like a computer system that's massive and from the moment you're born to actually between naught to seven years old you're just taking in information everywhere you're like this blank computer system that needs all of the um, coding. So it takes yeah. in everything around you, whether you see it, hear it, touch it, all of the things. And so a lot of that will be looking to the older people around you, the carers. Now, if they're already a little screwed up, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting malware delivered it's not true or you know beliefs that are like no that's not true so a lot of it is how to recognize what's gone wrong in your computer and whether you need to just update it because another metaphor that's in there and i love if you don't change what's in there you are operating on the system of a seven-year-old We've moved on. It's like trying to work on a Spectrum ZX thing that nowadays it's like you need to upgrade and there'll be some malware you need to get shot of. So I had to go through all this. Of Well, I had my own because, you know, I did. I am a certified coach and everything. So I knew my basics and how to lead it. Yeah. And then I just. Some of it was just writing. If you're writing any sort of book, write. <laughs> and that sounds so damn obvious. <laughs> but it's so easy to try and self-edit yourself as you're writing. So anyone writing a book, whether it's fiction or non-fiction, there are some different aspects to non-fiction because, you know, you need the background to it and a lot more details but your first draft will be shit it's meant to be so you just got to write and write and write and let everything in your brain just go blur onto the page don't yeah. go back and look at it or anything just get it out there that's what the second draft third draft fourth draft eight, fifth sixth seventh whatever is for going back and refining so so my process was yeah working out the message i wanted and the journey i wanted to take them on to what end chunk it back down into stages of that but once i got all of that down then i just did that getting my crazy brain onto the page <laughs> using all my metaphors and my stories and and very godmother and like i say using cinderella i loved using the um everybody knows fairy st stories fairy tales and folk stories cinderella as a basic story is a story around the world from it's been seen in sort of early first second century and everything it's a general idea some other cultures have got some weird well weird different should we say <laughs> like Either there's way. a very old chinese story where there's an, it's not a godmother it's uh right i think it's the a dead fish sent by the ghost of the mother or something like very different to our <laughs> views yeah. on things it's like what 
But the idea of being coming to be saved was a, is a standard. Um, and once I started pouring it out, I was amusing myself, to be honest, because <laughs> it was <laughs> like Cinderella. If a fairy, she's lived through some terrible times. Her dad's died. She's got this awful woman and sisters and everything. Fairy godmother turns up. All she wants to do is go to a bloody party. It's like, what? Why don't you say, yes, make me a CEO of my own big company and all of this. And it's like, no, I want to go to a party. It's like, what? And also, One time. why didn't Cinderella say, why are you only turning up now? Why the hell weren't you back there when, like, dad died or obviously her mum had died before or something as well? So anyway, I amuse myself a lot of it. <laughs> I use Which is, my past stories as well. That's quite cathartic. Sure. Digging yeah. deep of things and looking back going, oh, my God, I did that. But I, I wanted to be really open and raw and say, yeah, I did some stupid bad stuff. but. With the that sort of, you upgraded. You learned. That's you learned I from have. it. And yes, I've upgraded. I've learned. I've tweaked it. And if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's uh, that works. And I mean, that's what a lot of it, it is. Like, if if I can do it, you can do it. And I mean, it's always, especially with a, you know. Get up and do your shit. Like you kind of need a uh, a phrase or a saying like that. Like if I can do it, you can do it. Like that. I mean, that gets people. Mm. You know, you know, like uh, in, in hypnosis. You know, that's something that is said a lot. You know, uh, if uh, you know, like this uh, this crackhead down the street, like they. They went and they started a business and like they now, you know, they're Fortune 500 CEO. And now like, look at them. If they can do it, I mean, you can do it. And um, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can. Like, yeah. no one has to save me and like do this for me. I can do it. It's Yeah. And it took me ages me. to work it out. It took me decades to work it out. So the fact that I can say, no, look look, this is how I did it. It doesn't need to take you decades. So, yeah, I mean, in it, I I used to be so um, lacking in self-confidence and everything. In my 20s, I used to work in, a, in Oxford Street, a big shop, but I used to eat my lunch in the toilets because I just didn't think anyone would want to be talking to me or I couldn't be talking to them. It was just like so insecure. And now I do public speaking. I'm happy to talk in front of thousands. I've come out of that toilet cubicle. And if I can do that, if I've gone from that low to doing this, no, nah, you can do anything. And at any age, let's say I retrained because I'd had the arts career and everything and it was at just into my 50s I retrained as a coach and hypnotherapist and totally changed everything wrote the book and so it is never ever too late as well I'm quite quite passionate about that bit yeah and I mean it's real easy I mean even yeah like people like even me like I didn't start getting into uh, like becoming a, a wrestler until I was like 26. And I thought 26 was, I can't be right. No, that's right. 26, 27, something like that. And I'm now 40. Uh, so um, yeah, something like that. I'm just like, this is so old, but then it's like, no, it's really not that, that old. There's still a lot more like you don't have to, keep doing what you're doing, especially if it's not working from you. I mean, sometimes you have to leave stability, like you're saying, like, and I, I was talking about this last night on my podcast. Um, like you have to leave stability. Sometimes you have to go and try something new. If, 
There's nothing, nothing good, wrong with it. Yeah, nothing good or exciting happens inside your comfort zone. All the good stuff is one step outside of it. I I agree with you very mm. much there. And it's, yeah, it's real easy to just be like, okay, well, this is okay with me now. But it's like, you're, yeah, uh, you're sitting there with uh, Windows 95 and, uh, you know, everyone is up here at Windows, whatever it is now. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you still have a computer that works, but there is no evolution of you. The, the story, the, the story arc is just, you know, little, little bits of up and down. There's no, there's no big peaks and valleys and, uh, climbing up to that, that climax and, uh, you know, the rising actions up there to the top to get towards where you want to be. It's just like, okay, well, this is good. I'm just going to, it's going to go. And, and nothing... so often the dip parts, the down parts, are actually the can so often be the best thing that ever happened to you because what comes out of like darkness stuff in your low times would never happen to you if it, you just coasted along all the time being just fine, just right. And it's like no, you need you need the dips. Yeah, I think that's how I even more awesome. That's yeah, so how I became a hypnotist. I was. uh I ended up busting my knees. So I couldn't wrestle anymore and I got super depressed. And he's like, well, I'm just, I'm fucked. I'm just going to sit here all day and just, you know, um, I'm broken. But then, yeah, when, you know, got out of my comfort zone, talked to a, a therapist and she gave me a book. And, you know, one of the things in it was to be a hypnotist. And uh, I was like, well, this would be interesting. And stepped out of my comfort zone and got into that. And like, if I wouldn't have busted my knee, which I thought was the fucking end of everything, I wouldn't have gotten into doing something that yeah, I'm good at. Love and I mean, I'm really good at. Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was fucking terrible at school. I I barely got through any of it. I barely got through middle school. Barely barely got through high school. Barely got through college. Um, but then it's like, I was top of my class. Like it was, uh, it was, it was something that excited me and I enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, well, not, I hear I am thinking like everything just kind of sucks. And like, it's like, okay, well, it's just kind of what life is, but nope, there's, there's something else. Mm -hmm. There's something else. Go if, and if, yeah, like you said, if you can do it, uh, anyone can do it. If anyone, if I can do it, anyone can do it too. And I mean, I, I thought, yeah. I am hugely um, passionate and I really always pushing and going on about journaling. Journaling is the most powerful thing you can do and it's just writing. But you're like, but if I've had something like shit happen to me or something's gone wrong, I am putting on that journal is like, what am I learning from this? There is nothing. You'll always get something out of it. So however bad something is journal that what am i learning from this and what am i taking from it best one so yeah, yeah what, all the very, downs very, are positive weirdly yeah well it, yeah i mean yeah it's just changing your mindset mm -hmm. just just understanding it's like okay this doesn't have to be the end of the world this is great this is yeah find something you can learn from and you should be able to find something at least find one little thing that you can learn from it and so then, uh, well, one other question I wanted to ask was, uh, so when you're, you're writing or you're journaling or whatever, is this, is this in a special notebook you have? Is this on, uh, random pieces of paper? Is this in like a yellow lined, uh, notebook? Is this on uh, your phone? Is this on a computer? Is this to, a chisel oh, and a uh, stone? I'm, do you know, I've just put typewriter. two things together there. The yellow lined thing on the, phones and everything i don't know if i'm going to blow your minds here all right for you americans we don't have yellow paper you have those notebooks do you call them legal pads or something yeah legal, like a yellow, legal pad, yellow yes. paper 
flip it that over is like alien that. to us. We do not have that. So when you're saying, is it yellow? I'm like, no. Uh, then oh. I just realized that it's only the US that has those yellow paper things. No, but with the journaling, for me, it's a, I love the whole getting into that mind thing of I sit down with my journal. So I like to have a nice, fancy writing book, a notebook type thing. And when I get towards the end of a journal, I'll make a, a trip out to go and find a gorgeous, yummy note, new book to write oh. in. Is almost a process in itself that I'm thoroughly enjoying. I'll make it a really special trip and I go and have nice coffees in cafes and watch. And it's a moment to itself choosing another fancy notebook for writing in. But that's what I like about journaling, though. You don't have to do it that way, do you? Say you can type it in the computer, do it on your phone talk it just record it or anything but yeah. no that's my one if people say give me one tip and I go journal it will change your life and that sounds so crazy for something that's like yeah just write every day it doesn't have to be every day every day's good but it's just that brain dumping and for me when I sit and write the first maybe five ten minutes it's hard and I'm writing I don't know what to write what am I doing everything then all of a sudden your brain clicks and this sort of your subconscious goes hello I've got some things to say let's think about this and stuff from the past has come up or just ideas that is like where'd that come from or just yeah working through yeah. stuff that in your head's going round and round and round get it down on paper and it just becomes clear it's an amazing practice to start and then so do you have a special pen or something or is it i like pen again then it may help that with the neurodiverse brain i've got some things have to feel nice i an easy now i'll even use words to describe it that may be odd do you get if I say I like a ballpoint and it has to be smooth, gliding and almost creamy? There's a way of where it's so smooth when it writes. So, yeah, yeah for me, I have a journaling pen. That sticks my brain every... also knows that when that specific books come out and that pen it's, has learned, oh, I know what to do here. So where I said before, I you know, I would get a bit stilted until I got in the flow that moment became so short because the whole brain and body was like I know what this is because that's that pen I associate with this is the book this is the quiet time and it yeah. goes but yeah I do like a, a better pen than I would write any other time even for making my notes for my book it's a better pen for my journaling it's almost, I'm not religious at all, but it's almost a sacred time doing my writing, my time for me alone. And for many right. of us, that is super special because you're so busy doing everything for everyone else. It's like, do you know what? No, this 20 minutes is for me. And it's that, uh, you know, going back to the, you know, you're, you're able to process everything and get everything. So it's, you're not, you know, being able to kind of reset for the day and be able to get, you know, you're not just not resetting your computer. And it's not. Yeah, I get um, so much more done on days that I journal. I can tell the ones that I haven't journaled because my brain's not clear and it's still all in a muddle up there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Take that time, do stuff for yourself and always do it yourself. Do it for do it yourself and do it for yourself. And so where are where's someone gonna be able to find you uh on the internet? On the internet if they want to get your book. Um, the book is on Amazon. 
Yeah, the book is on Amazon. Um, and you can find me on Facebook. Basically, Google Jules Riddle. I don't think there's many of us. <laughs> if you Google my name, you will find me. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I am. Uh, there's not there's not too many of me, so it's usually <laughs> usually pretty easy. Um, I speaking of a pen, I lost my pen. I threw it down on the ground, and I have I have a bunch of cords on the ground that are all the same color as <laughs> as my pen. But uh, I guess I don't need my pen. But um, so. So they can go and search you on on their get yeah. your book on Amazon. The books on Amazon. I'm on Facebook. There is some Instagram. Um, I used to be on TikTok, but I have stopped TikTok. I'm on sure TikTok. I'll be what honest. What did you do Don't on TikTok? Know. Were you doing Were you doing the the dances and uh... no, <laughs> just talking to yeah. the camera. You know, thoughts and brain stuff and then you know but find me on Facebook even if you just come and say hi I love people saying hi what do you know Joe that sort of thing and it's <laughs> so anybody just come and say hello yeah I think that's a good idea and I think it's a good idea for anyone just go say hello to someone do that do that today go up to to someone or send someone a thing today and say hello. It doesn't have to be more Wouldn't than that. that be fabulous? Yes. Everybody so. do that. Yeah, just, just one person because, you know, it's never – it's not going to hurt someone if they, they're going to see a message that says hello. I exactly. Mean, uh, and if they look super grumpy, they're the ones that need a hello and a smile the most. Yeah. Don't avoid them. I agree. Well, hey, Jules, thank you so much for being on. I'm happy we got to to meet and talk and get to get to know you and chat about something. I didn't know what we were going to chat about, so uh, <laughs> it, it went went well. And so, I mean, that's what matters. I mean, just we go and we see where we end up, and that way, I hope that people can get a good good sense of you and and why they should be checking you out and supporting you and so thank you again thank you, thank you for having me i've enjoyed it you're very welcome yeah me too and so yeah well jules uh thanks and yeah we'll uh talk very soon okay okay all right have bye. a good day bye okay um oh dang i didn't want to do that so anyway i think i it says i I just got to put them in a waiting room and let them leave. I put it remove. It's like, do you want to report them? I don't want to report her. She's cool. It's thanks a lot, Zoom. So anyway, you guys, that's Jules. And you should be checking her out because she's on my show. And go and say hello to somebody. I don't care who it is. And then, you know what? Message me and say, hey, Rusty, I said hello to someone. Tell me who it is. You don't tell me their name, but tell me who it is you said hello to and let me know what they said back. Let me know how it went. You can uh, you can find me. You can just message me on this thing. I don't know. Go to RustyDiamond.net. You can email me, RustyDiamondHypnosis at gmail.com. You want to do that or call me. My phone number is all over the internet. Um, yes, I want to know. So, Check out all the stuff for Jules and then this podcast on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network. Check out the other great shows and make sure you like, subscribe, and share. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble. Uh, it's not too bad, so it's going to be able to be on YouTube. Uh, as far as content, what, what I say, there's nothing that's going to get me kicked off YouTube today uh, or go anywhere you listen to podcasts iHeartRadio, spotify google apple i don't know whatever you want maybe it'll be one old big big podcasting conglomerate one day as uh you know you may have already seen but anyway you guys say hello to somebody
It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.